All right, hello, and welcome to another episode of Book Faces Live, the show where we talk to the faces behind your books. I'm Nathan Van Coops. I'm your host, and today I'm thrilled to be bringing a, a special guest on. Um, uh, Raymond is the um, owner of, of Haslam's Bookstore, one of my all-time favorite independent bookstores here in St. Pete. So welcome to the show, Ray. Thank you, Nathan. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so for people who don't know you, I mean, so many people here locally um, do know you because you're one of these faces in St. Pete that is um, just kind of everywhere. Everyone everyone knows knows Ray from Haslam. Um, one of the Rays, at least. So um, can you tell people, f- for those listening maybe to the podcast or watching who aren't familiar with you, a little bit about you and your, your family history with books? Sure, sure. So my great-grandmother uh, in 1933... She was in charge of the Women's Business Association in St. Pete, and she decided that in the middle of the Depression, she would start uh, a business. So she started uh, Haslam's Magazine Exchange, hmm. and she made all these interior de- uh, decorating kind of like pine needle baskets with shells in them, and she made uh, flowers and things that you would decorate your home with. And one of the real estate agents... Uh, who was like a big deal here. He, he was a developer. He went bust and had to go back up to New England. And so he, he couldn't bring all of his books with him. So my okay. great grandmother gave him every penny she had and, uh, uh, got those books. And they lived in the back stock room with their two sons. And, uh, she, if she sold the books, then they would just go back up north because everybody in St. Petersburg was a snowbird. Yeah. So she covered them all. And she rented them for two cents a day. And that's okay. where the books came from. Oh, wow. And, okay. And so then that just kind of snowballed. And my grandfather got out of World War II, and he had been a manager for the Sears and Roebuck. And he came back and took over and just kind of grew the store to bigger and bigger. And I know it's changed uh, locations, I think, at least, what, four times over the last, what, was it eight, yeah. oh, it's over 80 years now, right? For it, yeah, I think 85 years. And uh, the where the Chihuly Museum is now, that's where the old one of the old bookstores, the one that was the longest, okay. was down there. And then we moved to this location on 20th Street in 1962. Okay. And it's a and it's a big sprawling fun bookstore for people who haven't been there. It's, you know, 30,000 square feet or something. Yeah. Um, and it's square feet. And it's it's fun because it's a lot of little rooms that you can wander around in. You can get kind of lost in there, um, and with all in amongst all your your favorite books. And there's even um, some cats roaming around. Um, yeah, there's four kitty cats <laughs> that were born in here, and oh, wow. uh, so yeah, we've had five litters of kittens from Honey Bun, our our mama kitty. So we kept four of them. And uh, what we really like is that it's sort of like you know people that grow up uh, here at the store, sometimes I'll go out and we'll go to one of those corners and there'll be somebody with a photographer and they're doing wedding pictures. Hmm. And this was their first date, was coming here to Haslam's. They came here after they went and got something to eat downtown and and then one thing led to another and they got married. And we have that all the time. In oh, fact, wow. we had, sometimes we get wedding parties that'll come and get their pictures taken uh, out in front of the store because this was the first date. Yeah. That's that's so cool, and I think that we were just ch- chatting before we went live about how 
Um, I'm enamored with your profession because to me it's such a romantic uh, profession. Like being the the indie bookstore owner is, I mean, um, you've all seen Little Shop Around the Corner or um, (sighs) you've got mail, this sort of things like where it's like, but you have this sort of, it's such a romantic profession being a bookshop owner and you get to have these relationships. It's all about relationships with people. Um, What are some of the ways, I mean, that's, those are some amazing stories, obviously, but what are some of the things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis that is, all about like building relationships with your customers. Well, like just a few minutes ago, there was a lady who was in here and she said, Oh, I really loved lab girl. And, uh, really loved that book. And it was about plants and it was about her. And, and so you go, okay, well you have to listen and find out about people, what they like Mm -hmm. to show them what they might, what else they might like. And so there's the hidden life of trees or the soul of an octopus which are those kind of moving books where you don't see the world the same way again. Hmm. And that's sort of one of my favorite things is when a mom comes in with her uh, daughter or son and the, the kid is, is kicking his foot on the, on the bookshelves and saying, oh, I don't want to read anything, Mom. Come on. And so they're, and they're really bad readers. And, and so you just ask them, what kind of stuff do you like? What are you into? Do you like... Do you like your dog? Do you have a kitty cat? And mm-hmm. do you like horses? And you'll see them go, oh, I like horses. And you go, ah. Or, oh, I love my dogs. And yes. then, ah. And then you can just take them. And then five, six years later, someone will come up and hug me at a movie theater and say, oh, my God, you changed my life. Uh, you showed me Black Beauty and Black Stallion. And I get straight A's now. And I just got a four-year scholarship. And you're like, wow. Yeah. That's like the best. Yeah. Like yeah, I mean, reading, obviously everyone who's watching this show is, is a book lover and um, probably been reading forever. And it can, I, I imagine that you can't help but growing up with an innate love of books if you grew up in a bookstore like you did. Um, yeah. What's your, what's your personal passion for books? Or do you feel like as a bookstore owner, you have to read everything as a way to stay on top of things? Was, well, so my grandfather, he did this uh, TV show called The Wonderful World of Books, mm. and it was on PBS, and uh, I think he, he had it for like 15 years, and each week he had to interview a famous author of some sort, and so he had to read one of these books and ask intelligent questions about the book, and it was starting to, like, after five or six years, it was really grinding him down, because he couldn't, like, oh, oh, I got to <laughs> I read all these books, and, uh, and he, yeah. and so it was really he'd get behind the ball, and he can't just go make it up. Yeah. So, and he had guys that like Robert Penn Warren and a bunch of famous folks, John D. McDonald, and so he couldn't just you know that would be a fun one to read. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I you go through phases. It's kind of mm-hmm. like we were talking about where you, when we get books in from people uh, like their estates. Like they're getting ready to move and they're going to go to smaller quarters or mm-hmm. someone has passed away and their estate comes in and, and the family is bringing the books down because the house has got to be empty. And you, you go through their books and you see what they've been interested in their whole lives and, you know, in the different periods of their life. You know, like we were saying, at one point they were really into, you know, they were activists involved with, with uh, government. And then the next thing you know, there's nothing but woodworking books. And then PVC pipe furniture books. And then, yeah. holy cow, they transitioned to this. And now they're into painting. And they you could see what they... And also who some of the great thinkers were that helped influence and shape their lives. When you see mm. lots of stuff from 
from, you know, Elie Wiesel or, or other famous people that you go, oh, wow, they were really into this field. And, yeah. and you kind of see them as a, as a person. Like mining the history of someone's life kind of through what they've read. Which yeah, is, what their aspirations were, what they, yeah. what the, how they saw the world, and what they wanted the world to look like, and because yeah. it kind of like based on what you read, it's sort of you're like curating how you see the world and how you explore it. Hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. Um, we had a hello from Matthew Taylor who's watching. Hi, Matthew. Um, he says hello hey, to both of us and a couple of people watching. So yeah, if you have questions for Ray while we're uh, doing this interview, feel free to. to to post them up and I'd be happy to, to ask them for you if you have any uh, questions about what it's like to run a bookstore. Um, like I said, it's one of my, one of my little dream jobs kind of in, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm envious cause I'm, I'm kind of a social extrovert and you get to talk to everybody. Uh, we were, we were yeah. talking the other day how, um, I, I kind of see you almost as this George Bailey character of St. Petersburg, where if, if you weren't there, the whole place would just fall apart. Nobody would have met, <laughs> met anybody. Nothing would have gotten done. <laughs> it, wasn't, if it wasn't for Haslam's and, and your relationship style, which I think is, is really cool. It's very kind. I mean, think of all the people that you've helped. I mean, I quote you almost every day. Uh, when, you be decide, when you just started to look into the self-publishing thing and then you mm -hmm. just, of course, mastered it. And so when you well, give me those tips, I pass those on to like a hundred yeah. different people. You have no idea. You're like this legend now that's whispered about. I do get a lot of calls that start with, uh, hey, Ray, it has them, uh, told me to call you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I enjoy that, um, which, is, which is good. But it, it was interesting. I, we had an interesting um, dynamic starting out when I first came into the store as an indie. Because, I mean, obviously, it, it's kind of new, the indie publishing thing. And it being done successfully is relatively new. When I first walked in, I remember um, having a conversation with you and your dad and saying, like, um, you know, I've got this book, and I, I published it myself. And the initial response was kind of like, well, that's that's not going to sell. Nobody has any good luck, you know, selling self-publishing their own books. And uh, But then we got to co having a conversation about how it was about St. Pete, and it had, you know, it was about here, and then, then um, kind of, you guys took a look at the book and we're like, okay, well, this doesn't this doesn't look too terrible, and um, but then and then as the conversation went on and on, you know, they said, so, okay, yeah, we'll take a chance on it, which was cool. Which was you were one of the first people to ever say, yeah, well, all right, we'll take a chance on you, and that was such that validation as an author was fantastic. Be like, hey, I saw my book on a bookshelf, um, and that's kind of like the dream for for a lot of indie authors because it's not an opportunity we necessarily always have, but independent bookstores, you know, kind of have a different relationship with independent authors than. Barnes and Noble, or um, not that you can't get in there as an indie, but it's 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 different. So I, I really appreciate the relationship that we have been able to build over the years because that was you know five years ago or six years ago. But yeah. Since, but since then you've had people like Hugh Howey coming in, and there's yeah. been a lot of other champions of indie books who have kind of made it big. Um, I know he's been in this. He's a he's a Florida guy, right? He's from Jupiter, Florida, and yeah. he's been in multiple times. Yeah, and he looks a lot younger in person than he does in that photo. So you don't really recognize him. In his okay. photo, he looks very, he's got his hand on his face and his, his brows are knitted. But he's actually like a really smiley, happy guy. Like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. It's, yeah, he looks a lot younger. That's his disguise, maybe. Yeah, so he's got the, the thoughtful author look. Yeah. The, uh, we have a couple of questions. Um, Brian Holt asks, just wondering, are you always trying to find the super rare books when they come in? 
Um, not really trying to find them because they usually just float in. Hmm. Uh, if if something really rare floats in, then that's that's uh, serendipity. I think we had, and so we'd never seen a first edition Huckleberry Finn ever, like ever in history at the Haslam's bookstore. And then in one week, two walked in. Two elderly ladies that were moving to uh, condominiums and had to get rid of their stuff, and they came in with some stuff, and they had first edition Huckleberry Finns. And what are the odds of that? Yeah. And and our problem is is that we don't like to sell them. Yeah, (laughs) I can imagine. We keep them and we hoard them. (laughs) And uh, so there is a a, an impressive wine cellar at Haslam's where we keep a lot of our uh, like squirrels, our nuts, because (laughs) we just don't want to. uh, uh, They're so rare that Mm -hmm. that it's nice to be able to bring them out and show them to people. Mm -hmm. And my grandmother, she we do these field trips and we have. Uh, like a Chinese bamboo slip book made of little slips of bamboo, and we have uh, an Indian palm leaf manuscript. It looks like Venetian blinds, and it's written in Sanskrit. And, wow. and she has all these things that she did, and I just never thought of. Are you still there? Kind of had you frozen up there for a second. Oh, looks like we lost... Lost Ray. We'll see if we can get him back. It's reconnecting. All right. Just apologize for the uh, technical difficulties, folks, but we're uh, having a having a connection issue. Hopefully, we will get Ray back on the line here in just a second. Let me try calling him back and see if that works. But um, we'll see what we can do. There's uh, always always challenges. So let me let me go ahead and give Ray a call back. And we'll see if we can't get him back on the line. See, Diana is watching. Hi, Diana. Thanks for uh, tuning in and saying hello. Um, Former guest of the show, which I'm always excited about. And I see, uh, Matthew, I see your question as well, so as soon as we get Ray back, I'll, I'll be sure to ask that question for you. And it doesn't sound like we got Ray. Let's see if we can get him back. All right, here we go. Somebody's going back. There we go. All right, hey. you're back. This is I'm good back. news. Yeah. Did I drop off at, uh, at You did. Uh, we lost you there for a minute, but happy to have you back. That's all right. We'll, yes. just, we'll just edit that part out of the podcast later. No worries. <laughs> no worries. Um, but you were, so, yeah. Yeah, you were in the middle of telling us about some of your rare, your rare book treasures. Yeah, so she had uh, a Sumerian tablet in there that's in its own little case that protects it, and it's written in, in middle cuneiform. And then, oh, wow. But the really incredible thing was there were Beatrix Potter first editions that were in there. And uh, I was like, wow, I should probably look these up real mm-hmm. quick because I think this is a first. And, yeah, so we had been using these uh, for all our field trips. and oh, wow. uh, But they're really beautiful, and it's it's nice to be able to bring them out and show them and share them with people. So you do occasional exhibitions of rare books or rare books, you know, like the Antiquarian Book Fair or anything like that? Uh, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. <laughs> 
There's already a lot of lifting and carrying here. The, uh, uh, yeah, but no, we, we'll bring them out for if there's a special event or people mm. are coming in or there's a group that mm. comes to do a tour, then I'll, I'll have all the stuff. And we also do the uh, Great American Teach-In. So oh, I'll go cool. to the schools and I'll bring a bunch of really neat stuff. I'll bring uh, clay. I'll have clay and rounds and the kids get to learn how to write and cuneiform and they can mm. write like I'm hungry it's almost time for lunch no oh, that's... I am hungry TV <laughs> and uh, and uh, actually I had one teacher at the Korean American teaching who was from a village in um, India and she there she wrote in Sanskrit oh and so she could read a little bit of the palm leaf manuscript and she became a rock star with her kids because they all wanted her to write their their name in Sanskrit and so they were like instantaneously had this connection to, to the palm leaf manuscript, yeah. which you know they last a long time. It's literally palm leaves that have got lacquer on them. So huh. the bamboo slip books last forever too. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. I, I would have never thought that that was even a book that would exist, let alone that there's one here here in town. <laughs> so um, that is that is super cool. We had another question. Uh, Matthew T- Taylor asked. Uh, Raymond, what is your favorite genre? My favorite genre? What am I into now? Well, actually, I've been into animal books hmm. lately. So uh, I've been doing Modoc, which is the story of the greatest elephant that ever hmm. lived, which is great. He, uh, uh, in the 20s and 30s, a German circus, this elephant uh, is born on Christmas Eve, the same time as the elephant handler's son. Hmm. And the two of them up as best friends mm. and uh this circus goes out of business and they sell modok off to someone else and he steals his elephant and he's got money saved and they get on a boat and they end up in india and oh, the adventures wow. begin that was a true story that really, really happened yeah he ends up performing for the queen of england oh wow and, uh i didn't know that there was like uh levels of ranking for of spiritual attainment for elephants, the working elephants. There's like hmm. a pope of elephants in, in uh, India. Hmm. And uh, so, yeah, and then the hidden life of trees. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, that one. <laughs> I was a kid, I, I think one of my big moments was I used to talk to one of the guys that would bring a stack of books and he would sit in the biography section underneath the power boxes and I always had a blazer and really nice, very soft-spoken, and I would talk to him every two years. He'd come in. I was a kid, and and he's the one that pointed me to Victor Frankl's uh, Man's Search for Meaning, and it wasn't until sometime afterwards that uh, that was Elie Wiesel, hmm. and he talked about the books that he had written, and, and I was like, oh, which ones did you write? He says, oh, they're right over there on the shelf. It's night, and I wrote day, and I was like, what? <laughs> what (laughs) you must have so many good stories um what are some of your favorite stories you've had from authors that actually have come into the store i mean i was looking at your website even just just google searching haslam's you see pictures of like martha stewart in your store other people like that what are any um favorite stories you like to tell about authors coming in well martha stewart she was taking pictures of the kitty cats and and uh so we gathered her books up and I've been straightening books my whole life, so not <laughs> I haven't seen. And she arranged her books in some way that was so beautiful, and I took a photo of it, 
so that I would remember how to do that again. Yeah. And then but I lost that photo. And oh, gosh. I, this day, she <laughs> taught me something about how to arrange books. Like, it was gorgeous. And uh, yeah. I said, who else? One time, I think, uh, we were running around helping one guy, and uh, we usually never recognize anybody. It's hard to recognize anybody. The, mm. uh, uh, we only recognize them, like, afterwards. It's like, mm. you know, an hour or so later, you go, wait a second. Is that Michael Connolly? I look just like him. Because you've yeah. seen his picture a yeah. thousand times. Yeah. And uh, so this guy, at the end, he came up to the front door after he checked out. And he's, he says, do you, do you know who I am? Uh, we were like, uh, no. And he's like, I'm, and he was like searching to see if, if we knew. Yeah. I'm, well, oh, what is his name? Not Norm Abrams, <laughs> uh, the woodworker. Uh, oh, my gosh. Norman Mailer. He's oh, like, wow. I'm Mailer. And uh, we're like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> it didn't sink in at the moment. Yeah. And he said, okay. And he left and he, he's been back. He had been back like twice yeah. after that. But yeah. like Stephen King, he's a huge reader. He buys stacks of books. He's yeah. incredible. He's, he must be a speed reader. Oh, I'm and sure. Yeah. He's real tall and broad shouldered. Yeah. And super nice. I've heard that. I've, I mean, I know he's he's got a house down here in Florida somewhere, um, right? Not too far, Sarasota. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I guess he visits all the time. And he he's really. Um, uh, I mean, I'm literate because of him. Because that, that was when I got the bug. Yeah. Was I, I couldn't put books down and had to read all through the night. Was, yeah. Picked up my first Stephen King novels. I remember being in high school and reading The Stand like all through class and all through the night and all through the next day of class to find out. Are they gonna get to Nebraska? <laughs> um, oh, Matthew asks another question. He says, "What's the most?" Well, you may have already answered this, but uh, what's the most famous author that's been to the store? He says, "Also, what's the most expensive book that you've ever sold?" Expensive book we've ever sold. Hmm. Ooh, well, usually expensive ones we keep. <laughs> uh, I don't say that's too nice. That's too nice to sell. We got to keep yeah, that. No. Take care of it. I don't blame you. Knows what could happen to that when it yeah. leaves? Yeah. It could be like someone's. You know, it's like you worry about your kittens when you're giving away kittens. There's a yeah. rigorous interview process. Yeah. I really don't think you're going to take care of this book, so I'm going to have to hang on to it. <laughs> um, I think that's, that's you're providing a valuable service. You're like the protector of the books. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's you. We're sort of like an involuntary museum of books. Yeah. The, uh, we did have uh, was a, a bunch of Jack Kerouac uh, first editions that we didn't want to sell. Mm. So we put those in a case and put a stupid price on them because we just wanted to show them off yeah. and let other people enjoy them because they had pictures of him on them and they were rare. And we just wanted to see them like every day. And yeah. Of course, somebody came in and bought them. And, like, <laughs> are you sure? I really don't. I think you could probably get that somewhere else. Logic, you, you definitely want it. Oh, God. <laughs> so, uh, it's like you know. As far, look at them. Yeah. Have other people look at them. Yeah, you may be like the most counterintuitive uh, book salesman out there. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure you want this? Cause I really don't want. We just want to keep all the books. Really? Yeah, this is the valuable ones. The really. So yeah, um, most famous author or the most expensive book? Um, well, most famous author, I guess Stephen King would be one. He's a household I mean, name. So hard when to... I see his name, anytime 
time I see his name, like even in a newspaper article, it looks like I've seen his name so many times. It looks like a really artfully done book cover to me. Like, oh, isn't that inventive? How? Oh, what a beautiful book cover! Oh wait, no, that's just his name. Okay, got it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that I mean, that's just such a cool. That's a, that's a cool story. I mean, like I think it's really fun to. What are the sort of the things that you like Stephen King, for example? Obviously, an idol of yours growing up. You read all of his books. Um, do you ever get sort of starstruck with with these authors when you actually do get a chance to meet them? I know you mentioned you've been to book conventions and got to meet, you know, Carrie Fisher as a kid, things like that. Um, oh yeah. What are some of the what, any stories of of how you've handled that? Steve Martin, he starts. Usually, I don't recognize him. I must have some kind of disorder or something. <laughs> but it was Steve Martin. I remember being a little kid. We went to the booksellers, American Booksellers Association's convention, and it's so big back in the day in the seventies and the eighties. It was so big there was only a handful of cities that could hold it, and all the publishers would bring their authors there mm-hmm. to meet all the booksellers, and, and there was tens of thousands of booksellers and. I remember Steve Martin had written a book, and I got to meet Steve Martin. And as a kid, I mean, he was a walking hero. I yeah. and you're just waiting for the wild and crazy guy. And I remember just being standing there and staring at him with my mouth open, waiting for the wild and crazy guy to come out. <laughs> and he he would just look at me and go, and keep talking to somebody else. And because he knew what was going on, I was waiting for him to erupt. Yeah. So I. You know what? Our biggest autographings that mm. we've ever had. Okay. You would never guess. Okay, it's down to three. Hmm. First one would be Diana Gabaldon. Oh, I'm sure. Which yeah. she had as a huge yeah, fan club. Elbow to elbow. Yeah, it was great. And she had this uh, rolled up. Uh, it was like tool, a tool set. You know how you roll your tools up? Yeah. And they were her pens, and they were these handmade wooden pens. Some had quills on them, some had different styled handles, and wow. she used those throughout the day. And uh, she was amazing. And then uh, I would have to say Lawrence Welk. Hmm. So back when I was a little kid in the yeah. 70s, Lawrence Welk, the police had to come out and stop traffic. Oh, wow. And direct and do all kinds of stuff because so many people came to see Lawrence Welk. And one kid showed up with his his accordion, and he was an accordion prodigy. And so Lawrence Welk ran out to his car and got his accordion out of the back trunk and came in, and they played together for a while. And uh, it was amazing. And That's phenomenal. A guy in a Spider-Man suit was our biggest, one of our biggest of all time uh, autographings. Really? He was... Yeah, he, there was a Marvel TV show for Spider-Man on at the time, and yeah. he came, and it was a guy in a Spider-Man suit from Marvel, and there were people lined up out the door, down the street, uh, waiting to come in and see him. We actually had taken all the tables and made lanes like Disney World for people yeah. to walk through to get to him. To meet Spider-Man. To meet Spider-Man. Well, that's pretty phenomenal. I mean, you can't really beat having a real, real-life superhero in your store. Yeah. <laughs> But I guess the real thing about uh, owning a bookstore is that we're out front all day, but then we work until 2 or 3 in the morning mm. doing longshoreman stuff where you're unloading all the boxes, going through everything. There's a lot of yeah. heavy lifting. It's kind of like you, uh, you've got a net, and you're netting in all these books, and you've got to haul them all in and sort them, and yeah. then you've got to cook them and serve them on your boat, and it's going to be you know three-star Michelin dining, hopefully. Yeah. 
Could That's be two stars. <laughs> Depends on the condition of the book, how well people are taking care of their books, I guess. Yeah, um, you walk into the back of a van and there's all these banana b- books in banana boxes and out pops a spider the size of your hand looking very aggressive. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I don't think I can use any of those. <laughs> <laughs> those rock on straight into fire. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. think I can use any of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, we had a, a hello from Boo Walker. He's he's watching. He hey, says, Boo! What's happening? Yeah. It, yes. Another St. Uh, um, Pete local legend. Phenomenal book, Red Mountain. One of the best books ever. It's like it's like a man called Ove meets Cider House Rules meets John Irving. It's fantastic. It's one of those lucky things where when you talk to somebody and you find out, oh, well, I've written a book too, yeah. and it's like one of the best things ever. Yeah. And and Boo is one of the nicest guys ever too. He's he's just a really good guy. Who I met thanks to you again. Uh, had it not been for Ray, uh, never would have met Boo. Never would have had him as a guest on the show. Uh, never would have got to hang out with him. So um, another big thank you to you for that one. So well, I mean, yeah. What a guy! What an author! He's a guy who who what was a professional banjo player mm-hmm. uh, for what was it the Dixie Chicks, and then he goes on a. He ends up becoming a uh, mastering the business of being a vinter and and wine and travels mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. and what an amazing books that he can write. Yeah, and he's yeah. just got more coming too, so which is fantastic. I'm excited to to have him back on again as a other future guest and uh, talk about what he's working on now because he's doing some some phenomenal things. So um, we're talking all good things about you, Boo. If you're still watching. <laughs> um, yeah, well, this has been fantastic, and and we already managed to blaze through through half an hour. Um, oh as, wow! As expected, it kind of went by fast. But um, although we had a slight little technical difficulty there, I appreciate you, uh, you hanging in there and calling back. But I wanted to chat with you one more time about this this wall behind you behind you. If you could explain to people what's going on with all these buttons. Okay, so these buttons are my grandmother's button collection from the uh, American Booksellers Association's conventions, and so they would print up. Uh, buttons for all the new books that were coming out and so she would just she had bags and bags of them and she would some of these are faded because they're like 35 45 might even be 50 years old books from the 70s books from and actually just to the right up top here Mm. are letters that were randomly addressed to some to the big bookstore in St. Petersburg, and there's nothing else. Oh, and the really? mailman delivered it here, and uh, that's fun. Let's see, yeah, they're all kind of weird uh, addresses that people have sent over time. You guys yeah. are like the Santa Claus of bookstores. Yeah. So uh, when in doubt, ask Haslam's. You know, need a good book, ask Haslam's. Yeah, and uh, so we usually around four thirty, I feed the birds. All the you you know all about flight. The uh, I uh, started feeding the pigeons, and I thought, man, there must be some way to maybe one of them will land in my hand. So I had to stand out there for like months, and then finally, <laughs> one jumped up in my hand. And when they when one does it, the rest of them do it. Oh my so gosh. now I I'm obligated now at four thirty to go out and have the birds jump up and eat out of my hands. Yeah. Do you uh, do you sell bird seed at Tuppence a bag while you're out there? You know, Mary Poppins I style. Should. Yes. Yeah, it could be the one of the greatest songs draw. of all time. <laughs> yeah, have you seen the sequel? Have I you, haven't yet. No, I it was it was solid. I think they did a good job. 
carrying on the legacy. But um, yeah, so I appreciate you taking time. I won't keep you from the birds for, for too much longer. But, um, but Ray, thank you so much for coming in and shedding a little bit of light on the magical world of, of book selling. And um, oh, this has just been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you being here. All right. Thanks, Nathan. I really appreciate it. Yeah. We'll see you around. All right. Thanks, everyone, for watching. And we'll see you again uh, next episode. Have a great day. Bye.